Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, thanks for the support, patrons. If you ever wonder who the sponsors are, you can go to our new website. Uh, but it's time for the podcast that you support. Uh, the patron who, the person who hopes, hopefully, uh, puts a little lull in your ears and a little love in your heart. Uh, it's time for sleep with me. Thanks, patrons. Uh, Sleep With Me is also made possible with the hard work of uh, Carl W., who edits episodes, Chris Posty Posterson, who edits episodes and does our theme music. He's at soundslikeanearful.com. Jonathan Mann is on our lullabies. You can commission a song from him at jonathanmannsong.jonathanmann.net. For any occasion you have coming up, Eric and the team at Astound are on our website, and they've done an astounding and outstanding job. Um, who, what, what else? Uh, Kenny, Scotty, and Jennifer on our, on our, on our artwork. Uh, uh, Sleep With Me is also a member of Night Vale Presents. You can check out all the other amazing shows at nightvalepresents.com. Uh, I'm at Dear Scooter on Twitter. That's the best place to get me, probably. Or, or on Instagram. I think it's the same thing, at Dear Scooter. Also, subscribe to the podcast. And you know who subscribes to Kindness? As the listeners of the the Facebook, the mod... The moderators of the listener Facebook group, and I want to thank them, uh, Stacy and Sarah, Lauren, Keith, and Julian, Jennifer. And what do you say we uh, get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's the thoughts, the feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, time, temperature, uh, like you know, travel, whatever's keeping you awake. It could be uh, thinking, thought, thought-based stuff. It could be physical-based, uh, physical feelings, emotions. Uh, it could be a situation, like you're on the road or something. Whatever it is, I'm going to try to, like, I don't know if you can sense it. I'm trying to craft and smooth out this safe place uh, where I can take your mind off of whatever that is, where you could let your shoulders uh, relax. I'm going to brush here. I'm going to brush uh, the dirt off your shoulders here. And the other things I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing Yet creaky dulcet tones, rusty meanders, uh, as uh, Paul Bay from the Big Loop likes to say, creaky meanders even. Also dusty. Uh, my meanders are probably dusty, too. And I say, how'd they get so dusty? They say, well, you've never dusted them. And I say, still, they're just sitting around here, meandering. I don't know how they got dust on them. Ever, does that happen to anybody else? Anybody? Anyone? You see, how'd that get covered? Like, I have a plant. One of the, Okay, let's come back to that. The Dusty Plant. There's a, a book already written and could already write itself. Uh, the Dusty Plant. Okay, maybe, maybe there'll be an episode coming up. Um, okay, where was I? I, I? I didn't mention my affinity for Paul Bay, Big Loop Podcast. Uh, but that doesn't... Oh, the intro. Oh, what I'm going to do, if you're new, I'm going to try to uh, keep you company while you fall asleep. Now, this podcast doesn't work for everybody, uh, but give it a few, a few tries. You might at first try to figure it out or expect it to be more mystical 
or magical. And it's say, well, it's a, you'll be in for a ride. It'll be a confusing ride. Kind of, kind of like a, one of those rides where you're like, did the ride start? They say, okay, everybody exit the ride. And you say, did that ride ever start? I don't know. And they say, yeah, it was a simulator. And you say, well, what'd you simulate? Because I didn't sense, like, I didn't sense anything happening. At this podcast, I notice some new people, people sometimes that when you first get here, naturally you want to figure out what's going on. And you could try, but try to figure it out from a little bit more comfortable position. I don't know if you can hear the way my voice is changing. I'm moving my shoulders around. You don't need to do that, but I'm doing it. Why? I don't know why. Because I said, uh, I don't know. I was trying to simulate. Uh, I don't. I don't say. I don't usually move my shoulders when I'm relaxing. But it actually, it's kind of is relaxing here. Uh, but anyway, if you're new, give it a few tries. Here's the structure of the show. So here's what to expect. Uh, first, a few minutes of the podcast or business. That's how we keep uh, the show going because it takes uh, 70, 90 hours a week to make the podcast. Uh, so it's definitely not magic. It's mostly like uh, work, uh, fun work sometimes, but uh, that keeps the show going. So the sponsors and the patrons are the ones that enable that work. So thank you to them. And thank you for listening to that. Uh, then we have in the credits of all the people that help out on the show, too, of course. Uh, uh, then we have uh, the uh, it'd be I'm always remiss. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but OK, so we have the, the, the credits and the sponsors and stuff. Then there's an intro. And we're probably like uh, four minutes or so into the intro. Intros are around 12 minutes. Where the goal, here's a, here's this a flow chart version. Won't flow. It, it, the goal of the podcast. So your one circle says, uh, the goal of the podcast intro, introduce the podcast to new listeners and remind, uh, regular listeners that it's a safe place. Uh, and then that's when the lines start to get sw- squiggly and swiggly. Uh, I don't know. It might be a little swiggly. That might be a new word for me. It also could be another yet another Muppet. I, I, I spent a lot of these intros inventing book titles and Muppets. I think Swiggly, though, was involved with Grimace and not the Muppets. Uh, though that might have been the commercial arm of the Muppets. Uh, the, the, you know, they were just brand, you know, like they say, well, that's branded content. That's what they call it now. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, but if you're new, uh, that's one of the things. Uh, so the intro is me. It's kind of like a your part of your pre pre bedtime routine or your pre sleep sleep routine. You throw it on, you start brushing your teeth, and I'll kind of ramble, and you'll say, "Okay, safe place, crusty meanders, creak, no crusty meanders." Believe me, no, 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 that was a joke. Uh, don't worry, nothing crusty about this show. It's creaky and dusty and maybe symbolically rusty but not crusty at all so don't worry about that sorry about the, using that word and then reusing it you know, trying to purge it from my brain yeah but the meanders are like a long long-winded way of me explaining the podcast uh, of reminding you the primary purpose is for it to be a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake yeah, but here's the next thing. Oh, wait, I was going to tell you about the structure, but let me switch to the... But here's the thing. It's not an active setting aside. I'll do the setting aside for you. So there's no pressure for you to pay attention. I'll say, hey, let me set that aside for you. I got a doily here uh, and a coaster to put it on. 
And I'll rub that crust right off of there for you. You won't even notice it in the morning, so don't worry about it. Uh, uh, so you don't need to pay attention to this podcast. So there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I say, hey, let me, uh, let me just give me your attention for a few minutes. You don't really need to listen to me, but I'll be here the whole time to, to keep you company. Whether you're awake or asleep, uh, whether you wake up in the middle of the night, or you're just having a little trouble getting settled in. I'm here to help. I'm your boar friend. And uh, so that's, just, that's the kind of structure of the show. But I interrupted the structure of the show for some points. And then so there's the intro. Uh, then there's the story portion where tonight we'll be talking about uh, The Good Place. Uh, we'll be kind of recapping the details on the set uh, and some factoids that came up. Uh, fun fact, I got to look up most words in the dictionary, um, but uh, some stuff that came up in the episode, but in a really sleepy, meandering way. It'll be, this is a good place to sleep. Uh, then, then the show ends with some thank yous. There's also business between the intro and the story part. Uh, so that's uh, like the structure of the show, and the th- like, yeah, I'm here to help. And you, you see, what qualifies you to tell bedtime stories? Well, I'll have dusty plants, as I, I said. Uh, I did. I did just like in, 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 uh, and honestly, I don't know what to do about it. Uh, if, I'm, if, if 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 one thing about podcasts is you can be vulnerable and relatable. This is the truth. I have a plant, and it's dusty. And it's a plant with a lot of leaves. It's some sort of, uh, I think it's a bush, uh, but it's it, its uh, some sort of flowering thing. And I got it at the store, and it has a lot of leaves. And they said, they said this one does really well under most circumstances. And I've been trying to keep it watered and talk to it, and I've been relocating it. And then the recently I took a look at it and I said, it's leaves were pretty dusty. And, and I like, I have an air filter that I took, like whatever you call that thing. Cause I like my window open. I like a breeze, of course, like, uh, but I had my air filter. I hadn't changed out. So I didn't have that running. So that's probably where the dust came from was outside, inside or something. And maybe there's something you could relate to in here. So we'll just talk. We'll pretend this is just a metaphor. Unfortunately, it's not for me. But, uh, you know, and at first I said, well, that's a, you're pretty dusty. So I said, let me move you closer to the window. And actually, sometimes you can be empowered. I said, okay, I need what I need is one of those misters. Uh, that, that'll take care of the dust if I get a mister. And even in a world where, where there's like you can talk to a speaker and order things and get on the internet, uh, for some reason, sometimes for me at least, this can seem like an incredible task. And this is not, I'm not playing this up. I said, where the heck am I going to get a mister? I'll have to go to the hardware store to do that. Now, meanwhile, there's a family owned, I mean, not my family doesn't own it, but a family owned hardware store right by where I do my grocery shopping, but they have different parking lots. So I said, well, then I have to go. How am I going to even get to that? Like, uh, in this, you know, going in a hardware store. So you got to feel, you feel so hard, you know, I'll never get a mister. And they said, okay, scoots, let's dial. Let's just, we got to go to the main, the big grocery store. Uh, let's put it on a shopping list. Maybe they have a mister, like a spray bottle with mist setting, not just a spray bottle. Cause I've made that mistake before with mist, mist ability. But maybe they have one of those at the grocery store. 
And then I said, well, then I got to make a grocery, then I make a shopping list. Uh, I said, well, you do just tell the speaker, you know, then the speaker ha- makes a shopping list. So I did, I said, oh, okay, I think I could do that. I think this is called reparenting or something. And I said, so I did that. And then I was at the grocery store and I had a c- couple other things because I don't like going to the regular grocery store. It's just too much going on and too many brands. <laughs> like, uh, it's no wonder this can stick around. I mean, when I was a kid, I was amazed that there was an entire aisle of sugared cereals. But now I say, uh, it just kind of, you know, whatever. So, but, but I got there and I checked the app and I said, oh, a spray bottle. Before we go, let me check and see if there's a spray bottle. And talk about synchronicity. Lo and behold, not only was there a spray bottle, it was the last one. It had instructions printed on the bottle, and it did describe its ability to mist. And it was a smaller bottle, which was nice because I said, well, I'm just going to use this to spray some plants. Uh, maybe ideally I would watch a YouTube video first to learn how to spray plants. I didn't do that, though. And so that was a victory. I would say it was both a moral and emotional victory. You had to spray bottle home. Now, this had been, now, meanwhile, time had elapsed. I'm like, uh, you know, short, shorting things. So since the first time I noticed the dust, the time had elapsed since I got this sprayer. I'm just packaging it in a meandering story because it's even longer than a meandering story. And so then I filled it up with water, tested some misting out. I misted some of the other plants that weren't as dusty. And I said, what are you doing right that this other plant's doing? You know, I love how your leaves don't accept the dust so easily. And then I got to old Dusty the plant, uh, and I misted it. And I said, I hope that gets <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so, like, sometimes you see your thought process, and you're like, man, this is pretty ridiculous when you talk about it out loud. But I said, hope, I hope misting this will make all, this, all these dust problems go away. Alas, it did not, uh, but, but it did, I think the plant did say, hey, thanks for that miss, that felt pretty good. And I think it did pocket some, like, it, you know, it did cause the dust to concentrate. So I think it, what I got to do is, like, uh, wipe off the dust. Um, but I, nobody told me this when I when when I was at the, the uh, grocery store, another, with Trader Joe's buying this plant, they said, hey, by the way, you're about to, you know, this isn't just all, you know, you're all or nothing thinking about plants. Uh, there's going to be some middle roads here. And some some plants get dusty. And you think that, was that a John Denver song uh, that he sang with one of the Muppets? I think was, uh, some plants get dusty. And this here's a dusty plant. It was, that was a classic. And I guess I didn't learn the life lesson and some plants have to be wiped. I think that would have been the better song for me. So I will wipe that plant eventually. If the plant can hear me, uh, you know, eventually I'll wipe you. Don't worry. I, uh, it, but it is a lot of leaves. So I gonna have to think about that for a while. And that meandering story is why that was, <laughs> that's what qualifies me to make a sleep podcast. Uh, because this is the kind of things. You can see what I must be thinking about late at night instead of sleeping. If this is how, these are the, cha- I mean, these are just the minor challenges I'm confronted with. But at the time, they do seem pretty major. 
I mean, and if you can relate to me, I really feel for you. Or if you have someone in your life, you could say, wow, really, you have an emotional impact from a dusty plan. I said, but not just, I mean, yeah, like six weeks of emotional impact. And uh, now I've shared it with the world. Luckily, I, I know you listeners well enough to say there's other people with dusty plants out there. I'm not alone. And you're not alone. Whether it's a dusty plant or a leaky pipe or you're in a hotel or the person you love is out of town or you're dealing with something, I'm here to help. And this, while this podcast doesn't help everybody, you know, I'm trying to be the friend to, to the people I can and a distracting, goofy friend. It, to take your mind off of stuff, because to be honest, like uh, you're better off sleeping than thinking about the friggin' dusty dust on your plants. And that was like the unreleased deluxe version. That was like the last thing when John Denver they switched from acoustic. The River Bottom, a fun time band, came in, and they did an electric third verse uh, where they said, "Just go to bed, forget the friggin' dust on the plants." You know, there's. A, I think that's what they said, or maybe it was like a battle band, band battle where John Denver versus the River Time, uh, River Bottom Fun Time Band. Anyway, I'm here to help. That's my point because I've been there, and I really, truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. I'm going to give it my best shot. Uh, give the podcast a few tries if you're new. See if it helps. I'm glad you're here. I appreciate your time. And I work very hard. I strive and I yearn to help you fall asleep. All right. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show going. Uh, all right. We're talking episode says seven eight of the good place uh, tonight. Um, in the most sleepy way possible with way too many details. Uh, just how you like it. Uh, episode seven is called uh, forever saying yay. And it starts with the last time goes right into the episode with Michael talking. Let's see what we got. Oh, we see, we get to see in the background a small window over one of the, maybe the doorway of Everything Fits. Uh, Oh, the cobblestone streets of this uh, European-style neighborhood. You know, Universal, if you ever want to do a special tour with me talking and all the people on tour sleeping. uh, It has bikes parked everywhere. And then an ice cream cart, which you can kind of see behind Michael. I always started to wonder why... Uh, bikes are associated with leisure. I mean, I do enjoy a bike ride for leisurely re- relaxation, uh, but I think it's more associated with leisure, especially the particular bikes you see portrayed in media, including this is leisurely, are usually like very nice looking bikes that are heavy to ride. Uh, so I was just thinking about that because I said, well, do the, are those bikes, if I was in the good place, uh, I guess I probably would ride. I would like to ride a bike. Uh, and uh, let's see, more, oh, more pair, what does that say? Oh, more painted ones? Uh, the leisure than lever. Le- and there's also no tandem bikes. Uh, there's also the kite shop uh, or kites outside of a shop. I think I mentioned that before. There's another idealized thing, kite flying. You see, you don't fl- we don't fly enough kites as uh, we, we just don't. Uh, Michael still is in a gray suit, um, mediums. Oh, there's also in the background those globe string lights uh, that you see. Again, uh, I guess this is a TV show set, Scoots. Like, I guess this would be my good place. There's bikes, there's yogurt, uh, kite shops, uh, 
It'd be the one day place. They say one day I'm gonna sip coffee, coffee or tea under these string lights uh, in the evening. Another day I'll fly a kite, and then another day after that I'll go for a bike ride. Uh, then the open uh, episode opens. Uh, there's a good in at 148. Uh, I put holy fork back of Eleanor's front door. Use some kind of metallic paint. I never noticed that before. Well, you know what? I never got to d- d- describe the boots. I don't think I wrote down the description of the boots that play a thing in this episode. Hopefully I'll remember when there's a close-up. Right now, these are wide shots of uh, uh, Chidi and his boot buddy talking boots. Uh, they do have crystals. Uh, oh, there's also broccoli in one of the baskets in Eleanor's apartment. I said, did I mention that already? Angel boat smiling moonbeam. Angel boat smile. Oh, uh, Tahani says, Michael, you're going to be soon. You'll be on an angel boat. Or no, that's what Eleanor says. Uh, smoking moonbeam cigars. And here's a question that will be answered soon. I said, where does Chidi teach anyway? And they also posited, which we'll answer later. What? How much do, co- how much do cowboy boots cost? I really liked Chidi's leather satchel. It was very nice. Uh, then we're at... Uh, Oh, even Tahani has classy balloons. I don't know where she, she, everything, she is the best planner. So she has these beautiful balloons, which I don't know, some of the colors, especially the, um, yeah, the blues and the reds she got fit her color palette, but I'm not sure where you would get balloons that are just a nice classy color. Classyballoons.com. Tonight's episode sponsored by classyballoons.com. Hey, put some class in your balloons already, uh, people. Well, so here's a note, a competitor's note. A 99 cent store, at least by me, has balloons, uh, and they inflate them. Classic, classy balloons is pulled out of uh, Sporting Sleep with me already. Uh, Michael Pintle. Oh, Michael's, uh, there's a pinata of Michael, which has a peacock tie from the original episode. Caramel Party Guy. Out of focus, uh, what does that say? Cancel party guy out of focus in the background. Oh, at the party, there's a guy in the background out of focus, and he scratches his head at one point. A difficult job being in the background. I'd re- that's good that they're out of focus. Uh, uh, Michael talks about hot di- diamonds and titanium. Another, That's a good song, too, that I like to get pumped up to is titanium. I didn't think I was a Sia fan until I became one. Like, I guess, I guess I like my Sia as all pop music aged by three years so I could be totally irrelevant. Uh, so that's that. Somber. Retirement is not fun. It's somber for Michael. Party poppers. Two birds with one stone. Uh, Sorbonne, uh, which I probably already mispronounced as where Chidi works. Uh, Chidi teaches. Ooh, choo-choo. Uh, Janet plays the conductor, which I liked. I really like, uh, her, her choo-choo motion. Moral no-nos. GD talks about Machiavelli versus Oprah. And then we have a flashback to Chidi. He could use a podcast. He can't sleep because he's overthinking. Moral philosophy professor. He does really have a nice plaid duvet. I said, I'd like to sleep up, sleep up with that duvet. Let's slip up to talking about it. 
Uh, his partner is, uh, she's a con expert. Uh, I thought that was interesting. He shares a bed with, it looked like a full-size bed. Then we see chalkboards at the Boot Brothers class. Um, uh, there's, uh, we did find some stuff, but really a lot of hints about life after life in there. And again, I think if, when you think about this show and, uh, who, the, the, the team of people behind it, uh, they're really working with a lot of brain power and trying to teach us not, I, I don't know. I just really think, uh, and Jeffrey Burton Russell's one of the people. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, boots in a box. It's a, Cheetah gets the gift of boots and it's anagram footwear, I believe is the name of that. I don't know if there's an anagram in anagram footwear because I'm not that smart. Oh, this is another thing I didn't look up is eschatology. What that means. Uh, study is something. Uh, Chidi gets his boot brother boots. I'm ahead of the show, so I'll wait till the boots. That's when I said, how much do boots cost anyway? So you could spend anywhere from 50 to a whole lot of money. But for custom boots like these, you, a lot of money. Or totally on discount. Um, uh, Tahani is warm and safe. Uh, she Maybe she says warm and safe like a bright glowing sun. Oh, here's the Boo Brothers moment. So let me take a look. Uh, you get a lot of stuff on this chalkboard to enjoy. Uh, Seagal is another reader. Oh, yeah, oh boy. So, yeah, I just saw it, and it went by too fast. Um, yeah, so the boots are, well, let's get a description here. We'll, we'll wait. You know, all, all things, good things come to those who uh, uh, snooze through it. There's like, uh, I actually don't know the parts of the boots. There's like the leg of the boot and then the the body that's how i'll refer to it uh and then the bottom of the boot uh the tip of the boot anagram footwear okay here it is can i pause it in time nope i didn't pause it in time and now i just rewound a minute uh but i see so the the body of the boot is a white with some uh uh, cherry red stuff. Then that's the body. Then the leg of the boot is uh, red, kind of cherry red, candy apple red. That's the candy. That's the color, I think. And it has stitching. I guess the cheaty mentions crystals. And it's worth it. You got to see these boots uh, in action. Uh, it is uh, it so funny. And now he's talking to his uh, partner, who's uh, the uh, Kant professor. She's turning over. She's already back asleep. He's awake. Uh, now he's in class, his butt boot buddy. Um, talking about the bleakness of teaching. And here comes the box. Can scoots. I did pause it in time. So it has, uh, I was right about it. Uh, so, um, okay. So on the, um, where the laces would be on the boots is also a cherry red. I guess it's a little bit deeper. Candy apple red, but aged. And then on the body of the boot, is uh, it's white. It has circles, like lassos, and kind of like a bow or a cross, an X. It also has on both the side of the boot and where the laces would be, big silver. Um, they're actually not that bad looking, except they're a little bit big. I don't see the crystals, but I can't see the tip of the boot. That's where I would assume the crystals would be. In really nice stitching. These are really like look like these boots. I mean, I guess uh, I'd say they're ostentatious, so they don't fit cheaty style. But uh, anyway, so boots in the box. Uh, where were we? 
Oh, this is another thing I did not look up. Uh, Tords versus Tord. Oh, I wanted to do Michael's dialogue here. Let me look that up while we're... While I have you here, Michael talks about saltines and the things he would have liked to do as a human being if he, or as a human. Uh, let's see, Gianni's talking about the pinata. Uh, talking about the train with Janet. Uh, Oprah. Boot Brothers. Uh, speeches, everyone. Oh, yeah. Tahani uh, really appreciates Michael's father-like figure place. Glenn goofing around as usual. Oh, that's what she says. Michael, you always kept us warm like a bright, glowing sun. And Michael's grumpy. He says, geez, I wanted to get my hair wet, pull a hamstring, learn the difference between towards and towards, uh, pass somebody in the hallway. Just really, really well. Great writing. Rewards cards. Uh, eat a saltine. Really fun stuff. I don't want to ruin the joke, so. And the acting is really what makes it funny. I mean, with the writing and the directing, of course. Uh, but uh, let's see. Then we're Oceanside with Janet. Uh, this is a question because my brother is in uh, motion graphics and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of flowers on the seaside rocks and cliffs. Uh, they're in a little uh, bay or something. And I'm pretty sure those were computer generated, though I'm not an expert. I said, are those real flowers? It's beautiful. And I didn't ask my brother. Pay it uh, forward. Chidi cannot be a bystander. He's so more, his moral compass is, uh, his moral compass is on point. I think it's his interpersonal compass that's, uh, which we'll later learn is not a perfect, uh, uh, Janet's, uh, uh, faux children from the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, uh, Tyler, Emmy, and little baby Philip. Uh, if you look out at the ocean, there's really big, there's not big waves, but this is a nice thing about California. The swimming's not so hot always if the water's too cold or the waves are too big, but beautiful. Look at waves crashing on rocks, uh, gorgeous. And then Janet's out, and then everyone's out. Uh, oh, yeah, there was just a big uh, boom shot of the water. I just saw it was gorgeous. Uh, let's see. There's action music, even then Janet's on on the screens all around the good place, alerting everyone. Then there's a beautiful portrait of Janet giving a thumbs up that's painted. I wonder who has that uh, in their house. Uh, hopefully, uh, I, I don't know. Well, well anyway, uh, uh, Tahani's all. She's in full mourning garb, uh, even with a, a veil. Uh, Janet comes back. Michael has a four-digit pin, four zeros, uh, for the year of his birth. Uh, then there's a lot of joking with Janet. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, Cheedster is turtling. I love that, Cheedster. Uh, Boop brother. Cheedy's so comfortable uh, that he's willing to tell his friend he loves him, which I really think is, uh, you just, there's so much... Uh, Small things in here about the characters that you could tell a lot of hard work and time went into. Or maybe I'm being presumptuous, but I don't think so. Just the fact that he tells his friend that he loves him, even though he's also uh, torn about the boots. Uh, somebody says, right is rain. Jason holds another. Oh, Jason. I said, who's Jason? Jianyu. Uh, uh, Jason holds another decorative ball when he's in Eleanor's apartment or house. Uh, it's made of like a hemp or a rope or something. 
Uh, Eleanor talks about the time she met Scott Wolf at Sunglasses Hut. Uh, and I meant to Google Scott Wolf to see what he's up to. He was at, like in Party of Ten, Party of Five. Was that what the show was? Uh, and uh, hello, hi, hello, hi, uh, Jason and uh, Jana have a back and forth. And Michael apologizes to, to Hani. I put double question mark, though. Uh, so I don't know what that why I put a double question mark. Let me try to scroll through and see. Uh, goodbye, Janet. Anthropomorphized vessel of knowledge is Janet. Uh, what happened to Janet? Uh, uh, Michael's all bent. Yeah, he says, says uh, oh, yeah, no, he doesn't apologize. Uh, is that right? Why did he put question mark? Uh, he, Michael said he's just out of gas. Oh, maybe I put double question mark because why would he apologize to Tahani? Update, he's still in gray. Eleanor stands what? Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, there's a big what moment that I seem to have forgotten. We just got to an ad, though, so maybe I'll remember it. Uh, this is when my pen ran out of glass. Uh, ga- glass, gra- gas. Uh, so it says Eleanor sits and frowns, uh, waiting room. Oh, this is when they're in the waiting room to talk to Michael about, uh, oh, cause Eleanor stands. This must've been the end of the episode. And everyone else is like, what? Uh, and then she sits and frowns, uh, in the waiting room. Everything is fine. I think this might be the start of the next episode, but I'm not sure. And, um, uh, and to the left of the sofa in the waiting room is uh, a cart, which we learn more about throughout the episode as I observe it. Uh, at first, it looked like it was a glass pitcher that seemed to be full of sand. Uh, but I said it could be water, just could be the reflection. There's also flowers on the back left wall. It ends up they're also on the right to balance the room out. I just couldn't see them in the shot. Uh, and then there's that water fountain sculpture. At some point, Jason, later in the episode, Jason plays with it. It's uh, eight it kind of flower lily-like cups. They're black stems at different heights uh, or trays. And the water kind of trickles down from each one and falls onto the next one. I assume. We don't get a close-up ever. Yeah, the kind of thing you'd buy when you first move in with somebody, I think. Like, no, 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 like eight months after when you go to that, uh, what's that place called? World Market, I think they call it here. And you say, yeah, uh, we need something to relieve the tension in our relationship with flowing water. And this is there to relieve the tension, tension in the uh, waiting room. Uh, let's see, Michael's desk is cleaned off, I think for the purposes of moving, you know, not distracting from this, uh, the tasks in hand and the multiple visual things. The only thing left on his desk is a pen set and his, he has a clipboard. Uh, over Eleanor's shoulder, get a view of uh, six coffee table books in a uh, in a pile on a very neat table against one of the back walls. They're turned so you can't see their spines. And they're all different colors. Like they're from some kind of like Time Life collection or something, but they're not the same shape as Time Life collection books. Uh, Janet puffs a palm like she's puffing a pillow or fluffing. She fluffs the palm like she's fluffing a pillow. 
Uh, oh, they got, she gives Michael this red cactus, which my dad had one of those. And I said, that's a beautiful cactus. Uh, it has a red knob on it or something. I don't know if it's a flower or a knob or a nub. Uh, we see Michael go to another table. It's kind of like used as a bookshelf on two levels. There's dub, dove bookends, and above it is a watercolor print. Yeah, which is really interesting. Quick uh, litmus test is used. A cactus, a waiting room. Jason is sitting lotus style, which is interesting to me. You know, uh, Bachelor, they're talking about the TV show Bachelors and other shows. I wonder, I want to say that Kristen Bell was on this uh, uh, satire. Oh, man. Uh, with, uh, uh, what's his name? Ken... Uh, um, he, he's from the state. I'm, I'm definitely jealous of him because Marino, uh, I think is, uh, he's very tall, he's handsome and he's funny. So he's, uh, so I'm jealous of him as an actor, but he was on a, um, a satire of the bachelor a while back, maybe five years ago, six years ago. And I don't know if Kristen Bell was on that, um, but anyway, let's see. File or cactus? Uh, can't move. Uh, no mistake. Uh, the realm of oh, Michael busts out this glowing cube, which uh, starts out, it's got LEDs or something. It starts out white. You can turn red and green, uh, depending on if you're fibbing. Michael says there's no room in the good place. Uh, moral turpitude. That was a nice uh, turn in phrase. Uh, we also have a meeting where uh, Eleanor tells Chidi and Jason, uh, we're in this together, uh, which I thought was nice. Uh, we also see in the waiting room, this is a breakthrough here, this next trip to the waiting room. There's a turquoise on the bottom of the cart that I was describing earlier. As I said, there's a lot of tea sets in this show, and uh, there's a turquoise tea set on the bottom. Oh, this is like I'm pretty far ahead of the show. Michael's apologizing to Tahani. That's when I said question mark. Uh, what is he up to with his apology? Um, but yeah, there's a turquoise tea set, and there's also we see that isn't sand in the pitcher of water. It is water, lemon water, which may have caused me to think it was a little sand. Uh, Eleanor quotes Kant. Uh, she said, Kant would say lying is wrong. And then uh, we learn about another one of uh, Jason's friends, Peanut, uh, who has a cool tattoo. And Chidi's very proud of Eleanor that she can quote Kant. Uh, then we see a table with cactuses. That's Michael's desk, actually, not a table. I said, how many cacti? There's 14 plus uh, cactus plants. I can actually say 15 because I didn't write it down, but I know I saw, and I think there's 13 pots, though. So there's at least uh, 15 different cactuses or cacti in 13 different pots. All the pots are different styles and really nice, uh, in different shapes, uh, colors. There's even a couple two-tone ones, some glazed, some unglazed. Uh, somebody says, well done, Janet. Uh, we also get a good view of Michael's greenhouse. Uh, it's like a greenhouse. He has a shelf and then the greenhouse, uh, like an expanded window. And I said, one day, <laughs> one day I'll have a, 
I'll have a home, and I'd like to have one of those greenhouse windows. Uh, and I said, holy plants. Uh, then uh, uh, Tahani mentions how comforting Anderson Cooper finds her by, by her presence. And, I mean, I watch a lot of Anderson Cooper, like, uh, different seasonally. Like, uh, and I said, I don't know. Uh, like, she's pretty wild. Like, she'd be good at planning things, but I don't know if calming someone down. He seems to need someone to make him laugh. Uh, uh, you know, that's a little, like, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's just my opinion from observing him over four, 40,000 hours. Uh, like, I love Tahani, but I'm not sure exactly that she's uh, the one to relieve, like, to sit with newscasters and chill. Though we've actually never seen her chill. She's always kind of in a... Uh, she's very in a she's always in action mode, kind of. Um, at least this season. Uh, Michael gets caught in a lie by the to the cube. Yeah, uh, then we see the all spark. At this point, Michael has a navy tie on, and I don't know if we've seen the tie before, but we've seen his pocket square before. It's a handkerchief style, uh, in a like a lavender color. And when I say handkerchief, I mean the one you would wear over your head, too. Whatever that print is called is very universal. Uh, so that's good. He's in, I love his suit. Uh, it's a gray plaid suit. So he went from a gray a solid suit to a gray plaid suit. I don't know if his shirt is light gray. Can't quite tell. He talks about his own agency to Jianyu and how it's like a cactus. Uh, then they go over Eleanor's fate. Is it, uh, it looks like F-I-T-E. I actually spelled Eleanor with an I here. Or my hand just did something when I was writing it. Uh, so it looks like Lorai Fite or Fife. It could be Fife. I don't know. Was there anyone named? Uh, I think there was once an elven uh, bard, the first bard of the elves, uh, Elorhai, who played the Fife. Uh, like left that's the you know you don't think about that uh, especially when we're talking about the good place but uh, are there any elven bards? I mean I'm sure elves would love I mean I don't mean to make assumptions but I would think that elves would like opera and music uh, especially formal music I don't mean to make great pronouncements about the elvens uh, but I I can't see I don't see any elven bards uh, anywhere. <laughs> At all, even in my imagination. Now I do, though. Uh, one named Alorhai. Yeah, but they talk about Eleanor's uh, fate, big point swings. Uh, Kristen Bell is uh, using her hands to tell stories, and it really, I mean, because it's a tight shot, and it really, really uh, does, uh, uh, it's, it's acting, I guess you'd call it. Uh, don't judge. Uh, is the theme, the note, the end of that commercial break on. Then we see her roommate Mads and her friend from the Rihanna concert. And in the apartment, they have a really nice apartment. There's a diffuser. There's a, Eleanor maybe has a thing for decorative balls uh, because there's a glass decorative ball, it looked like. As they get their news from the news site, News Glop, G-L-O-P, exclamation point. Um, there's John. I don't know if anybody reads John Ronson uh, like I do, but uh, there's a, this is like a John Ronson, uh, like a book. Uh, let's see if I can do. 
you should definitely read it. Read a, I would start, I can't like, I guess, uh, see if I could spell, I don't think I could spell it backwards, uh, but check out his books, uh, just Google it and then you'll, you'll figure out which book it is. Uh, but it's a little bit like that. Uh, with her roommate, uh, her apartment front door to the left is a really nice closet. I said, I could use an apartment with a closet like that. It has a uh, sliding uh, doors and they're metallic blue. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think this is intentional, but so Eleanor's house door is like a silver metallic, uh, yeah, but kind of like, um, a, uh, I don't know how to say it, a spackle-like material. This is a smooth blue, uh, material and these, uh, metallic closet doors, uh, uh, also, Eleanor's, she buys a dress and she has a blow pop. I, and I'm 99% sure it's a blow pop just because blow pops have a very unique shape. Uh, any consumers of lollipops, you see most lollipops, uh, this is good to, um, um, lollipop branding. If anyone's thinking about getting into the lollipop business, so, so the, who, what are the two, like, if you said to yourself, uh, you were going to become a lollipop gambler. You'd say, okay, okay, let's eliminate that. From, they said, well, maybe there's a world, like a good place, uh, and you can gamble lollipops at 100 yards. Uh, what are the two lollipops you'd be able to identify by brand? Um, and they'd be uh, blow pops made by charms, and then the other ones, which are smaller ones, or maybe those are charms. What are the little ones called? How the heck did I forget the name of the other major lollipop of my life? Uh, lollipop of my life. Uh, I think Charms makes blow pops. And so Eleanor has a blow pop. It has a distinctive shape. And then there's the smaller ones, uh, which like uh, are very ubiquitous. And those, those are good consumption. They're like a snack size of lollipop and a lot of different flavors including the mystery flavor. I think I have some literally in my closet, half melted in my uh, pantry from, uh, and this isn't a joke, uh, from Halloween 2013 and 14. Uh, that's on my to-do, believe me, it's on a to-do list somewhere to deal with that, but I say, how did I let these uh, uh, smart, no, not smarties. I think it does start with an S, though. I said, man, what kind of lollipop? I guess I would have lost the bet, uh, but that's the other lollipop you can spot at a distance. Uh, do you belong is a big question here. I mean, throughout this whole season, uh, real, like on the subtextual level particularly, truth, uh, Michael brings out this wireless bad place of PA speaker, and he says, come and get her, and then a train comes, uh, and I was really interested, if you go to the Universal Hollywood Backstage Tour, or whatever it's called, and you get to go through these sets, uh, you'll wonder how they get, how did they shoot this train scene. Adam Scott shows up with his hair, holy hair on this guy's head. Uh, now he's funny and seems very charming, even in this role. He's got that hair. Uh, and also, like, a lot of, I forget what year it was. I let, read a lot of scripts, maybe from, like, 2000, I guess it was a while ago. Was it the 2007 Blacklist scripts? Uh, and I think Adam Scott was in, like, three of those movies. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know if it was 2007, but um, he has perfect hair. 
He just gives a can of nuts to Michael. Uh, he says, Michael's too nice. Somebody's rocking a selfie stick. Uh, this is a little tidbit, and I don't know if it was true, uh, but Adam Scott says, like, they have to get back for The Bachelor. I said, there's no DVRs for the employees of The Bad Place. And he said, what a ripoff, because uh, he says, we've got to be back on time. I mean, unless he's worried about people spoiling it, which in The Bad Place would uh, make sense. And there's, again, the theme of that there should be a medium place. Uh, as Eleanor says, and that's where James Cashbenny and Richard Warren Sears were in season one of Get Bassos. Uh, uh, good fake soulmate. There's a real hug, really a lot of emotional notes at this in this uh, back end of this episode. Because uh, you can see when she gets a hug from Chidi, her face. Uh, and then at 18 minutes in, we have another great piece of acting. If you look at uh, William Jackson Harper's fingers. Uh, just the way he's doing that, right around 18 minutes. Uh, fond of a street cat, I liked that. That, sounded, that could be used for anything. Uh, we'd love to see how they shot the train. Uh, three, it's a 318 train to the bad place with thousands of stops in between. Uh, Michael's been pranked by the people from the bad place. They ordered 100 pizza, Hawaiian pizzas, which he says is the worst kind of pizza I would say once a year, Hawaiian pizza is good. Um, I think maybe only good Hawaiian pizza is good, though. It's not like I order it. I think is I don't think I had Hawaiian pizza until I was like in my thirties, at least. Um, then to the office. This is not a little lounge. No more. Oh, this is not little league. Oh, they ordered Hawaiian pizza to the office. He tells Eleanor, "This is not little league, or maybe it's cheaty." Yeah. To Chidi, he says, there is no most improved player. Uh, then we're on the train to the bad place, and they say, uh, Manhattan, uh, dining cars closed, There's, uh, but they would serve warm Manhattan clam chowder there. Or not warm, uh, I guess you'd use the word tepid. And then Michael says, stop this train, you know, not yet, Eleanor's not leaving. Uh, we see that they're traveling on the Trans-Eternal Railways or something. I just saw Trans-Eternal. And then we meet the other Eleanor, and there's a what moment. Okay, so let's talk about some of the stuff that came up in there. So I did some research, and like I don't think I said this, but for custom boots, you're talking between 1500 and five grand uh, for a nice pair of handmade custom boots. Uh, so put that in your budget. I mean, they have a costumer or a wardrobe department. I don't know why I keep using that word costumer. Uh, so that's that. Uh, then there's a phrase, two birds with one stone, uh, which is, let's see, where are we at? The freedictionary.com. Uh, to complete, achieve, or take care of two tasks at the same size, same time or with a singular series of actions to solve two problems with one solution. Uh, let's see. I was trying to find, like, some background on it. Um, this is mostly just definitions. Uh, so I guess uh, that one, I, like, uh, let's see. So let's start go talk about the Sorbonne, uh, which is where Chidi uh, teaches. Uh, he just made one exclamation that made me think that. I mean, I thought he said something about it. So, uh, which is an edifice, according to Wikipedia, in the Latin Quarter of Paris, France. Uh, 
the historical house of the former University of Paris. Uh, today, it, it houses uh, education and research institutions uh, such as the Pantheon, Sorbonne University, Sorbonne Nouvelle University, uh, and some more. The Collège de Sorbonne is uh, uh, the names that derive, that's what it's derived from. 1257, uh, one of the significant colleges of the medieval University of Paris, uh, medieval. Uh, University predates the college by about a century, and minor colleges had been founded already during the late 12th century. During the 16th century, it became involved in the intellectual struggles uh, going down and was a stronghold of one side of that struggle. And then they kind of got uh, taken over 1533. Uh, no one wanted to hear from them during the big uh, French thing, uh, but it was reopened in, by Napoleon in 1808 and then closed in 1882. And it was one of many colleges uh, of the University of Paris that existed until the French Revolution. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, May... Um, a lot of uh, historical stuff there. Um, but, yeah, not only is it a, a school, but it's actually a place you could uh, you could check out and visit. Uh, so that's a little bit about that. Now we're getting into interesting stuff. So Jeffrey Burton Russell was on the chalkboard of GD's uh, uh, his co-workers thing. And I didn't know, like, so we're going to really dig in here. Yeah, this is a Wikipedia article. Uh, Ru Russell graduated, uh, undergraduate, uh, Cal Berkeley in 1955, and then Emory University, uh, his Ph.D. in 1960. And now he's a professor at uh, Cal uh, Santa Barbara. He's taught in a lot of places. He's published widely, mostly in medieval, medieval European history, in the history of uh, theology, uh, he, for his first book was Descent and Reform in the Early Middle Ages. He's noted for his five-volume history of the concept of uh, the people that run the bad place. Uh, really interesting. I said, holy cow. Uh, also, talk about topical, he wrote Inventing the Flat Earth in 1991. And uh, said that even the idea of educating people that the earth was flat might not be real. Um, and I, I don't know. I like I don't quite understand this. Uh, he said the flat earth myth is still in use with us today. This was in 1991. He also wrote two books on the notion of heaven, uh, the good place, uh, the singing silence in 1997. And then Paradise Missilade, 2006, which is also on a chalkboard, the title of that book. And uh, that was written in 2006. So just could be interesting stuff to dig into, I think, and check out. Uh, next up is uh, from Transformers, the AllSpark. Uh, now, if you've written the, if also at Universal Studios, uh, you could ride the ride, uh, the Transformers ride. I think the AllSpark's in that ride. Yeah, they try. that's what the ride's about. Uh, this is from Wikipedia about Spark uh, from Transformers. Uh, within the fictional universe of the Transformers, the Spark is the soul of a Transformer. And likewise, the All Spark is an ancient artifact or object of create. Whoa, holy cow, I didn't know this. Of creating 
new transformer life uh, by bestowing machinery with sparks. I, I guess, like, I played with transformers. Oh, because the, the, the whole R Spark thing didn't come out till after I grew up. Uh, the Allspark was created by writer uh, Robert Skier, who uh, responded to a fan question in 1999 about it. Uh, uh, he said that there's a or the Oracle was actually called the Allspark, consisting of the spark of every Transformer who has ever lived or who will ever live. Uh, or, as he said later, made up of every spark that ever was and every spark that will be. Yeah, and that was from one of the TV shows. Uh, about machines, I guess a transformer show. And the term AllSpark also could be their good place, because uh, after the concept of the good place for transformers was touched upon in one of the series, uh, and then later explored, holy cow, I'm going to start watching these shows. Uh, the Autobot Matrix of Leadership, as seen in the original series, was. Uh, not merely a receptacle of the consciousness of Autobot leaders that it went to the good place. Uh, it was a gateway that led to the AllSpark, uh, which is where all future Transformers Sparks came from. Uh, the AllSpark is sentient and sends the Sparks out into the world to live, uh, and their Sparks return to the AllSpark. Uh, so it also is kind of a collective thing, uh, adding to the timeless fountain of knowledge and wisdom the facility on Cybertron, uh, which produces maximal protoforms, was named after the aforementioned Matrix uh, and is analogous to the Good Place. A similar Predacon facility also exists called the Pit, which is uh, analogous to the Bad Place uh, and has changed before. In the 2007 film, the AllSpark is a cube-shaped artifact adorned with glyphs and designs and can grant independent life to normal mechanical objects. Uh, let's see, conceptual history. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is fiction. I guess it is. Uh, Robert Flood in 1574 sp spoke about the angel Megatron and the souls it comes from. Maybe that's, I don't know, uh, the concept has coalesced over the course of almost all Transformer fiction. Uh, this article uh, covers its history to minimize confusion. Uh, as it says, okay, so is there soul, a uh, creation matrix? Um, so well, this is a really long article. If you want to learn more about the AllSparks, uh, just check out Wikipedia. Holy cow, yeah. Really detailed. Covers the comics, the movies, and the shows. Uh, let's see if it's effects. Um, it was in a Nokia commercial. Uh, uh, it turns a Mountain Dew defense. It gives life to a Mountain Dew machine. That's interesting. I don't know if Stan, I don't think that's where Stan came from, but um, so there's a lot in here. Really dense, uh, interesting article. Uh, how about saltines? What do we know about saltines? That they're that Stannis Baratheon equals saltine. And that's one I like to use with my friends. When you give a speech about someone and you want to not roast them, you would say, you say he's as dry as a saltine cracker, which is a soda cracker, a thin square cracker, according to Wikipedia, made from flour, yeast, and baking soda. Uh, most varieties are sprinkled with coarse salt. Uh, perforations over its surface, dry, crisp texture. And there's a lot of different brands of uh, saltines. Um, you may may not have heard of. 
And uh, they're usually eaten as a light snack. It can be with cheese butter or peanut butter. A little dry for me. Even with peanut butter, that would be... I guess with cheese, they're sometimes good. They can also be placed in stews, chilies, or soups, or even crumbled into salads. Uh, They're typically sold in boxes with two to four stacks of crackers, each wrapped in its own sleeve of waxed uh, paper or plastic. Uh, This is a detailed article. In restaurants, they come with, in small packets, of two crackers. I prefer those butter crackers at restaurants um, with super salad. A cracker meal is a type of coarse to semi-fine flour made of crushed saltine crackers as toppings for dishes or breading. Cheating might eat saltines because it can also be a home remedy for a tummy ache. Um, Also, we give them something to chew on. For some children in the eastern United States, they're traditional Christmas Eve treats. I've never heard of that before. So I think we're we're being rickrolled or something there. I mean, you know what I mean. Um, uh, baking process. They're com- compared to hardtack, a simple unleavened cracker biscuit made from flour, water, and sometimes salt. Uh, but saltines have yeast. Uh, soda crackers are leavened bread, allowed to rise for 20 to 30 hours. After the rise, the alkaline soda is added to neutralize the acidity from the yeast. Uh, the dough is allowed to rest for three to four more hours to relax the gluten. Hey, gluten, spend some time with Anderson Cooper and Tahani. That'll help you relax. Uh, Before being rolled into layers and then baked, uh, flat saltines have perforations on their surfaces during baking. The outer layer of the dough hardens first, uh, restricting the outgassing of the evolved gases. The perforations connect the top surface and the bottom surface uh, to prevent cracker pillowing, which, you know, no one, we can't take that. We can't have cracker pillowing. Yeah, how about right is rain? This is from the Word Detective uh, over at the Word Detective website, word-detective.com. Words and language in a humorous vein since 1995. Uh, right is rain. It, uh, someone asked, Andy asks, uh, where right is rain come from? I'm sure there's a lot of people that wouldn't think it's a good phrase. And let's see if I could paraphrase uh uh, this uh, the uh, person that writes for them says, hey, geez, I like rain, uh, which, yeah, so do I most of the time. Uh, without any, and they like water. Uh, rain has been around uh, since the beginning. The word rain uh, is also old. Uh, it comes from the Indo-European root regna and uh, is of close relatives in other English languages. Uh, right is rain is a popular idiom, which means uh, absolutely fine or perfect, and uh, or smoothly, no problems. First up, popped up in print in uh, 19th century, uh, and has been widespread for several hundred years in English. Um, none of the phrases were meant to be literal comparisons, but the apparent logic is that rain usually falls in a straight line. Uh, but the key to its enduring popularity, right as rain, is clearly its monosyllable. Is that it has alliteration? Uh, I can't say monosyllabic uh, alliteration. And now, for something too, truly strange, they may, the author mentions uh, they were searching the historical thesaurus of the Oxford English language English dictionary for synonyms. 
and they came across a bizarre phrase, uh, all is gas and gators, uh, meaning everything is fine. Or it used to mean uh, pompous, uh, gators which cover your lower leg from water or rain. Uh, so that, that's a little bit about right as rain. And then I guess the last one is litmus test, which I, I don't really need to look at because it's not uh, just litmus plus test, uh, which uh, could mean a simple test for the acid or alkaline of a substance using litmus paper. Uh, or any test that produces a decisive result by measuring a single indicator. But it's just one of my favorite things in chemistry when in high school or middle school or whatever uh, that I just want everybody to remember. Uh, dip in that lit. That was a really uh, tactile and amazing moment, like seeing the litmus paper. Probably I licked it in my case, which don't do that, kids. Uh, and then dipping it and stuff and it actually changing colors. uh is like one of those mind-blowing science moments uh, that I hope all of you have and all your children have. And uh, uh, good night. I want to thank, say thanks again to Bruce for the show on uh, PayPal. Uh, I want to thank uh, Robin, uh, Jonathan, and Melissa. Thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Drema, Julieta, and Gerard, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, I want to thank Saren, uh, Susan, and Aaron, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for the show on PayPal. And then everybody over on uh, YouTube, I want to thank Laws, Anne, and uh, Jaime, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Gavin, uh, Grimm. And Deborah, thank you, thanks, and good night. Vincile, uh, Cass, and Orange, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, 916 is Simone, uh, Haley, and Daniel, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Andrea, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Sharon, Gamer, um and uh chewy thank you thanks and good night and nate a a n z and uh grisha thanks thanks and good night uh dimmick uh hey and atomic thank you thanks and good night uh j m uh friedrich and uh marmalade thank you thanks and good night uh trish megan thank you thanks and good night uh, Maddie, Bueno, and Jocelyn, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Joshua, Joshua, Cheryl, and Empath, uh, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Lily, uh, Frammy, and Lisa, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Dog's Mom, Elena, and Hallie, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Veronica, uh, Genevieve, and, uh, Dragon, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Christine, Nomgo, and Raymond, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Geometry, uh, Alex, uh, and uh, Denise, thank you, thanks, and good night. Trainer, uh, Seven, everybody was having fun at the 6666 episode. Loud, Jaybird, and Drax, thanks, and good night. Uh, Power Gem, Trey, and Rhiannigan, thank you, thanks, and good night. 
Yeah, Deborah again in here. Uh, Ash uh, and Elena, thank you. Thanks and good night. Raymond, Louise, and Dennis, thanks. Thanks and good night. Uh, Alan, Bob, and uh, Terry, thank you. Thanks and good night. Colin, Nicole, and Cole, thanks. Thanks and good night. Callie, Ryan, and uh, Scylla, thanks. Thanks and good night. Uh, Sam, Jesse, and Baring, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Lisa, Zan, and Iron, thanks, thanks, and good night. Lobo, Orchestra, and uh, Gerardi, thanks, thanks, and good night. Trixie, Raphael, and Ab, thanks, thanks, and good night. Maddie, H, and Lucky, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Hallie, Maria, and Sally, thanks, thanks, good night. 28, uh, Dragon 66, and C. Steel, thanks, thanks, good night. Uh, Sailor, uh, Granny, Alice, thank you, thanks, good night. Miss, uh, uh, Debbie, and Madeline, and hello, thank you, thanks, thanks, good night. Thanks, good night, everybody.